This is the TSG Multimedia Podcast for July of 2022. We're sponsored this month by the TSG Train Crew on Patreon. Thank you very much. I'm John Abaticola, host of what I think is the longest-running train-related monthly podcast out there. We've been doing this every single month since January of 2010. That's 12 and a half years or something like that. This program is how I connect with you so that you know what kind of content to expect in the coming months. You can find the video version of this podcast on YouTube, and you can find the audio version just about everywhere you find podcasts. I want to also invite you to become a member of the TSG Train Crew on Patreon by visiting patreon.com slash tsgmultimedia. Supporters of this channel get early access to all the features that come out on YouTube, as well as behind-the-scenes info about what's happening with us here at TSG Multimedia. It's a lot of fun, and it helps us keep the lights on. Okay, with all that being said, let's get straight to our updates. So I, I did something today. I got an email from my friend Dave Adams, who's holding the camera right now, <laughs> because I didn't even think I was going to do a video today. I'm standing in the upstairs of... Bob Brown's office. Bob Brown is a guy that edits the uh, Narrow Gauge and Short Line Gazette and actually ran it for how many years, Bob? Uh, about 45. For about 45 years. I have help off camera here. <laughs> and I just, we came up here some amount of time ago that I've lost track of because there's so much to look at and I'm in awe. And this is just uh, amazing hearing the stories about the history of, you know, narrow gauge model railroading and model railroading in general. And just hearing these guys talk about all this stuff, I'm thinking, boy, we could make about 200 videos of this stuff. <laughs> so I don't know if that will happen, but uh, this is just really cool and something I wanted to share. So you can see behind me, there's a lot to look at. <laughs> so uh, now I'm holding the camera and uh, Dave's been nice enough to volunteer to talk about something in here. When I said there's a lot to look at and there's all kinds of his history in here, Dave says, guess what this thing is? <laughs> and this is what he pointed at, right? I've never seen this before. Int calm sound. Dave, what, what the hell is this thing? So this is a PFM compatible through the rails sound system, except this is for internal combustion engines. And this thing was designed and built by Gordon North, uh, who lived back in the Washington, D.C. area. And he was a pioneer ON30 modeler before anybody knew what that was. And uh, he liked building little critters. He built steam engines, everything else. Bob likes critters. And so Gordon came up with this thing here. And it, it just... He's got sounds in there that you can adjust, you can play with. It's just a wonderful little thing. And so far in DCC, they don't have anything like it. So this is, this is another artifact out of the past where the old guys were still ahead of the new guys. <laughs> so I've been talking about this guy, Bob Brown. Well, that's him. Bob, what do you want to show people? I'd like to show you the Dick Whaler uh, MEW uh, 716th scale 2 and an 8 inch gauge Colorado Metal Locomotives that he once produced. He had them built in uh, uh, North Korea, I think, and uh, he had uh, 75 of them done in three batches of uh, 25. And uh, 
he, he was he was interested in Lionel's standard gauge and thought that scale models would be interesting. And he saw, he produced these models and a flat, flat car kit and a gondola car kit and a paperweight consisting of a truck, rail, and ties. I'm still at Bob Brown's place and wouldn't you know it, he has a garden railroad too. Why am I not surprised? Wow, this is just really cool. Uh, it's exciting for me because Bob is kind of a legend, in, especially in narrow-gauge railroading. If you don't know who he is, narrow-gauge and short-line gazette, every narrow-gauge person knows about it. And uh, wow, there's... Wow, thanks, Dave. Thanks for introducing me to Bob. This is just really cool. All right, well, hey, uh, we made it back to Dave's place in his okay layout. But Dave, I was just talking in the backyard at uh, Bob's house that I was going to thank you for taking me over there. So thank you for taking me over there. Well, you're welcome. I mean, that Bob, uh, I mean, he's he's an institution. I mean, he's, he's a marvelous builder. He's still building stuff. Uh, and just all kinds of stuff, all kinds of scales and gauges. It's just fascinating. And the other thing is, is I mean, he basically helped build and keep the narrow gauge community together. He's he's put out a publication since uh, 1964, and uh, that needs to be part of the story as well. It's sixty today, years, sixty years of yeah. pretty much fine scale narrow gauge railroading, and uh, and also fine scale short line railroading, standard gauge. So it's all all kinds. It's uh, it's definitely uh, he's definitely a one of a kind individual, and. Uh, his collection of artifacts plus his own layout is uh, pretty neat. Mm -hmm. so. And a, a privilege to get to meet him because we were talking in the car on the, on the way back over here. And it's like I've known who he is and known of him, but I had never met him until today. And oh, what a what a cool guy, too. Yeah, so. yeah, Bob's. Right, so hopefully um, sometime in the near future, we'll I'll be able to get back together with him. And, I mean, I don't know if you'll want to go or not. I mean, we'll just be documenting yeah. ho hopefully some mm -hmm. of the stuff that I saw on his uh, layout there yeah. and maybe hear some more about the history of it, of all this stuff as it pertains to, you know, his experience. So yep. thank you, sir. Yeah. Well, you're welcome. I think I said, I enjoyed every minute of it and I'm looking forward to the videos. When you right. Getting those out. <laughs> yep. Meanwhile, I'm going to go uh, look at Dave's uh, just okay layout and we'll be back later sometime. <laughs> So, Dave, you were saying that you just added the doors to this? Yeah, the doors were one of the last things I needed to do on this building. And uh, what what got me off a of dead center to get them built and installed was OSCALE West because oh. we, we had an open house and uh, I thought, well, heck, I can't show the roundhouse without roundhouse doors. So we, we, we got those installed. Right. And OCL West was just this past weekend, wasn't it? Uh, yes, it was. Yeah. Yes, it was. So, but I'm going to go do something here. I'm going to show as well as I can the interior of this thing because this is a ridiculous model. First off, well, I mean, okay, so the, the locomotives are in there. And you can see that there's a little bench in there, but they're really hardcore part is down in here and we've showed this on the podcast before just still pictures of this shop area and you might remember this if you're watching and you've been following the channel 
if you look down in there, you can see that there's basically a workbench with drawers open down in there. And it's hard to get it focused because of the planks in, in the foreground there, but those drawers on that workbench are open and there's like tools falling out of them and stuff. Then and down over here, we have the leather belt driven shop. It's just ridiculously uh, detailed inside. And I don't know, Dave, I mean, it's all right. Yeah, it's, it's an okay model. I mean, I'm, I'm glad I finally got it built because that really finishes off uh, the, the trauma scene here. So we've, we've got uh, just a little bit more to do. And uh, then I can get back to working on brass locomotives and more rolling stock. So right. We and since we're, since we're here, Dave, I, I like doing tie-ins, right? I like doing tie-ins where something that we're talking about is related to another video, right? So anybody watching who saw the sort of recently released Chasing Trains video mm -hmm. of when I went out to the Coopers and Toltec last year and Dave was there and I talked to him on camera on that video and we were standing in Chama about right here where the turntable is yeah. because the uh, roundhouse was in the background mm -hmm. or it was behind me actually yeah. or behind us. So we were standing about right here looking that direction just like that you yeah. know and now here we are again but i wanted to just say that having been to chama before now and then seeing your rendition of it once again mm -hmm. really makes the buy-in to your layout for me stronger mm -hmm. because of course you know the road that we come up on is is back there in the background so we're kind of looking at yeah. it from the wrong side yeah. compared to how it is in person but when I see it now, I think back to being in Chama and seeing this exact same scene. Because I think I was looking at you just like this and you were even could, looking that direction. Pro probably was. <laughs> probably was. It's, uh, yeah, one of, the, one of the things I wanted to be able to do is for people that had been to Chama and seen it, that, that if they saw the layout that they would recognize, gee whiz, I, I think I've been there. Which, which for me is always kind of kind of neat when somebody can... You know, place themselves into the scene or, or a place sure. to try to model. So. I was over at Seth Newman's on a, a recent podcast when we went up to Jim uh, Providenza's to yeah. operate. And I took Sydney to the mm -hmm. layout because she had never seen it before. And I took her to Niles Canyon. And I don't, yeah. I don't know if yeah. you saw this, but I pointed to the, all the various places yeah. that I've stood in Niles yeah. Canyon. Yeah. And so being able to say I stood right there on your layout <laughs> is that same effect. So I think your mission was accomplished, Dave. All right. Well, thank you. <laughs> Why, hello. It's the very next day. And I'm back at Dave's place because we're going to go do something today again. But I wanted to mention something about the last sequence you just saw when we were looking at Dave's layout. We have a running joke that anytime I come over here, I've always told Dave how nice his layout is. And he says, oh, it's okay. But one of the th sort of epiphanies I've had recently was why his layout is so good. And one of them is what you saw yesterday. Bob Brown is one of the people that influenced Dave and his modeling. And you could see how Bob's layout is just chock full of what Bob calls clutter. It's all the little details that make a scene believable. 
Also, fairly recently, I had a chance to go, this was within the past couple or few months, a chance to go see a fellow named Bob Poley, uh, Bob Poley's layout. And it's also extremely well done. So I'm starting to get, I mean, I knew sort of subconsciously anyway, but I'm starting to get a better idea of how these uh, people all get to be such good and detailed modelers because I think they inspire each other a lot. And it's pretty cool. Anyway, today we're going to go film some scenes on a layout. This is a layout of someone who died about a year and a couple months ago that was also a very good friend of Dave's. And we want to document his layout kind of the same way we documented Jim Vale's layout for the same reason. And so that's what we're doing today. And I'll probably take some pictures while we're there to show to you. And I'll have some thoughts for you when we come back. So this is the layout that we're shooting some scenes on today. This was built by a fellow named Mike Schwab. And much like the layout we looked at yesterday at Bob Brown's, it's just chock full of detail and what Bob was referring to as clutter. It's really, really amazing. Oh, hi Dave, I just saw you yesterday. You did, John, and here we are out today looking at more layouts. Right? Yeah, it <laughs> doesn't like get any better than this. What are we going to do tomorrow? Are we going to go look at another layout? or? <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how the Warriors do tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but we have to show this because this is something really cool. Yeah, tell, us, tell us first, Dave, about who built this. So this was built by Mike Schwab, who was just an just absolute all-around good guy. Loved building models. Has built a fantastic SN3 railroad. Uh, and uh, unfortunately, Mike passed away a year ago, January. So what we've been trying to do is uh, see how much of Mike uh, we, we could preserve and the flavor of it and make sure other people got to, uh, got to enjoy you know, his handiwork, even though he didn't do that. What we're looking at here, this is a, this is a lumber mill that Mike uh, built from a, a variety of kits from a company called Sierra West. And he just fell in love with this building. It's just super detailed in and out. And uh, it's in quarter-inch scale. And Mike models an SN3. Well, to Mike, it didn't make any difference. He loved building structures, complex scenes, and things of this sort. And so he, if it was a great kit came out in a scale, he didn't build it. He'd build it anyway, just because he wanted the pleasure of building that building and seeing as how it turned out. So that's that's it, and that's this sawmill, and uh, I can say it's uh, it's uh, certainly drool worthy. All right, well I'm back home now and reflecting a little bit about what we saw today. Uh, Mike Schwab was a really good model builder, and his layout is going to be gone pretty soon. I'm really privileged, or feel really privileged, to have had a chance to document it. And I really want to thank you, Dave, for making it all happen. And I'm really looking forward to sharing that layout tour because I'm sure it will inspire a lot of people. And that's what this is really all about. Hi there. I'm doing something today. I'm actually in my friend John Wiley's car. And we're on our way to something called socal ops that's 
Southern California operating sessions or operations or something like that. This is kind of one of those things that you sign up for. Like John went and did something a couple months ago called SoundRail. That's kind of a similar event up in the Pacific Northwest. Well, it's where you go and operate on a new layout every day for three or four days. So this is Thursday and we're on our way to uh, the first stop is to a friend's house who signed up to do a bonus operating session. It's Paul Deese. He has a Southern Pacific layout, which I had a chance to see a couple weeks ago or a week and a half ago. It's a very nice layout. And Paul's a great guy. So we'll be uh, operating there this morning or into this afternoon. And then we head on to Simi Valley after that. That's where I'm from, actually. I was born in Simi Valley. And here comes the dude now. Congratulations, dude. You're on the podcast. <laughs> hey, hey. It's a cool layout. We have plans to come out sometime. Paul invited me out to do a layout tour video here. So that should be fun. Well, this is pretty cool. I've actually done two jobs already. I did, I ran a helper up the hill and then I took a passenger train out on the main line, uh, getting the hang of it. But there are plenty of people here to help, and that's the whole idea. Is have, it was fun, so that's what we were supposed to do here. So I picked up a new job. I'm going to take the helper that I originally took up the hill, and I'm going to take it back down the hill. And this is all being done with train orders, so there's a lot of uh, working with other people to get through where they're already working and working with the dispatcher to get the clearance to get where I need to go. It's a very interesting operation. I'll be really good at not worrying about you. Thank you. I appreciate that. So I'm running yet another train. This is 6100 Extra, running the length of the railroad. So, like I said, no shortage of work on this railroad. I really like these Black Widows. They look cool. That's one good thing about running a Southern Pacific layout. The equipment is pretty cool. So I've been telling you about the operating session. This is Paul. He's the host of this operating session. And thank you, Paul, for having everybody here today. And I thought it would be interesting for the uh, viewers to hear about your layout. Well, thanks. And I really, really enjoyed everybody being here. That's why I have the layout. Um, and we brought it to life today for the first time in a couple of years, uh, getting out of COVID. And what we did is we simulated about four hours of the operations of the Southern Pacific Railroad on the coastline between San Luis Obispo and Santa Margarita. 
And we moved, um, uh, I think we ran about nine trains over that period of time. Uh, we worked a lot of freight in the different towns. Um, everybody seemed to uh, enjoy themselves. Uh, the railroad worked pretty darn well having sat for two years. Right. Um, and it was just a lot of fun. It was a lot of fun. We did some things we've never done before on this railroad. It, it was our inaugural of having to use helpers to get up Quest of Grade. That was uh, with me. Steam, with two steam engines, which was wonderful, uh, having to work the tail end helper. Uh, we ran a stock extra, which got in the way of um, some of the crews working in some of the other towns, and so they had to work together. I heard some cussing, but not too much. Not too bad, no. Yeah. And, you know, we the dispatcher lost a few hairs trying to get <laughs> keep things moving. Um, but it was a lot of fun, and it, it, it really makes me smile inside and out to have people come here. And at the end, everybody was happy. Everybody was fun. Um, I don't set the success on an obsession by how many trains we moved or how many freight cars. I just look, did everybody have fun for the last four hours? Right. And everybody did. So it yeah. was successful. So if you're looking at Paul and you're thinking, geez, that guy looks familiar. We did a TSG Live Model Railroading video a while back. Those are those live ones that we do, the live streams on sometimes on Saturday mornings, and it was all about rolling stock. So that's why he might look familiar. Yeah. Yep. And or if you were at the uh, virtually at the National that was in you, San Jose, yep. I did a couple of different live clinics, uh, one on building one of my scenes, another one on building a bridge, and another one on right. keeping your rolling stock rolling. Yep, and we're going to come back at some point in the future. We have plans to come back and do a layout tour of this layout. It's an interesting layout, and it was a lot of fun to operate. Thanks so much for coming. Indeed. Right, so if you look out there, you can see a Amtrak California Surfliner. So yeah, we're uh, still driving on our way down into the LA area, and we're south of Santa Barbara now. And this is a shot of the Pacific Ocean. <laughs> For all those people that think California is nothing but sunshine and palm trees, look, there's your palm trees over there, and here's your sunset over here. And it's not even sunset yet. This is just a really serious marine layer. Hi, it's me again. We're here operating at a layout owned by a guy named Dan Wexler. And it's a really cool little layout. It's in a pur purposed building. And it's been here for a long time. He started building it something like 30 years ago. And he has a lot of really good detail here. So this is day two of the uh, SoCal Ops. And uh, should be good. This is Jim Radke. He's doing a yard job here. I am at Descanso Yard, Descanso East, having a great time trying to put things in the track here, but John keeps asking me questions, so I can't get anything done. <laughs> we just had a break for lunch, and uh, Jim was not camera shy at all. <laughs> now we're going back to work. Uh, Got to finish the second job. Yeah, so many old guys sitting there staring at you. He just stares out that window all day long. Yeah. What did you find, Jim? I found somebody staring back at me, John. What is it? I don't know. He looks like he's mummified. I like the mustache, though. So, as part of today, 
We've come to the Santa Susana Depot. This is one of the places that I've wanted to visit on this trip down here. And it looks like a really well done layout. It has great scenery. And they have an interesting light system that cycles through night and day. It's pretty cool. It's custom built too, which is also pretty cool. Well, hi, I'm Dean Dice. I'm the guy who's been nagging John to come down to the Santa Susana Depot for a couple of years now. We are uh, located in a uh, Southern Pacific Class 22 Depot built in 1903. We're in uh, Santa Susana, which is a small part of Simi Valley in California. Right here, we're at the Santa Susana Pacific Model Railroad Club. It's, uh, we're located in the freight room of the depot. We're about 25 by 50 feet or so of mainline track. We modeled the SB coastline from LA all the way up to uh, Northern California and Dunsmere. And uh, today we've been doing operations for uh, SoCal Ops 2022. My job was dispatcher. We uh, dispatched via track warms today. We ran about, oh, 15, 16 trains, had nine guys, they all had fun. And that's our layout. We hope to do a layout tour at some point and we hope John comes back soon. All right, it's the next day and we're just about ready to go to our next layout today. Watch your Jim? Feet. Watch your feet. What do you think about the next Watch layout, man? Watch your feet. <laughs> okay, we got it. He's not listening to me as usual. No. We're, we're ready to go to Mike Osborne's on another adventure. <laughs> yeah. And today I have a cup cover. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't think Bill drives the I'm same good. as John, but you know. I'm good. Hey, we got there. Oh my God. Yes, we Jesus. did. One. One quick lane change, and it's like forever, the f***ing scarlet letter, man. <laughs> so I'm at Mike Osborne's layout, and I'm doing a switching job. Jim. Doing a switching job here, so that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. Push this? I've never done work like this before. Switching the yard, there's some industries here. You don't do it for a certain amount of time. Okay, here we are. We're talking to John. We're yeah. using his phone after he's given me some director license and some directions. Yeah. Maybe this will be better. Yeah. So I, I'm working on a yard here for the first time ever, and I've got all the cards totally messed up. I've never done this before, so I, I should have been moving the cards into the right places as I was moving the cars. But that's too complicated for someone with my limited intellectual capacity. So I'm going to have to to be a, a good person, I'm gonna to have to go through this whole thing and rearrange it and make sure it's all straightened out before I leave here today. Otherwise, but, Mike is probably gonna pull his hair out seeing the mess I've made out of this yard. But John, it looks like you have quite a few open tracks there. What's the problem? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you want me to cut there? 290, 296. I would like to point out for the camera that it takes two of these guys to screw up the job that I did by myself. Yes, you know, it it's a little remarkable how we have to clean up after John, you know. It's a lot harder when you're doing it, isn't it? Than when you're laughing at me from across the aisle. What what's harder is that Bill and I are both control freaks. <laughs> oh, so you're fighting each other with how to do things? Not anymore. He told you who's boss? Well, kind of, I guess. I just listen now. The hardest part for me. All right, so he just wrapped up. 
I just wrapped up my last job here on Mike Osborne's layout. It's an interesting layout. He's fit a lot of stuff into a small space, and but it all operates pretty well. And it was pretty fun. That first job I did was a little bit of a, bit of a challenge because I didn't really know what I was doing. But I also didn't have an instruction sheet or anything like that. So, but in the end, it's fun and that's what it's for, right? So, there we go. Hi there. This is uh, Sunday, I think June 11th? 12th. June 12th. And this is the last day of SoCal Ops. We have one more layout to go operate on. This is an N scale layout owned by a guy named Jeff Jeff Abbott. And I'm really looking forward to this because I don't think I've ever operated on a N-scale layout that was built for operations. So, should be fun. And yeah, it might even give me some ideas to get off my butt and maybe start building something in N-scale. So, I'll let you know how that goes later on today. So, I just finished my first job. I ran an Amtrak train over this entire layout. This is a really good operating layout. I'm waiting for my second job now. This is uh, pretty impressive for N-Scale and it operates so well. The low speeds there, there's no issue with the tracks. It's really good. So here's my next job. I just realized I am running the beat train. Cool. As you depart Klamath Falls on this layout, you immediately enter this big helix. And I was noticing that not only is this a beat train, but this is a very long beat train. And someone on the layout just shorted. All right, so it's a bit later now, and we're on our way back to the Bay Area. And I got to say, the uh, operating event, I guess is what you'd call it, was pretty good. It's the first time I've actually traveled somewhere to do one of these operating events. I always talk about this being kind of an excuse to hang out with nice people, make new friends, and that kind of thing. And it really is. So I had a great time. Uh, two of the layouts worked superbly. One we just came out of today was awesome. I had a really good time and I've never operated on an end scale layout that was made for operations until today. And you know, N-Scale is absolutely a legitimate scale if you're into it and want to uh, do operations. The equipment's just smaller, so you have to come up with ways to keep track of the traffic. You know, with the cars, it's very difficult to read numbers when they're that small on the side of a car. So, just something to think about. And I'm gonna turn the camera over here and we're gonna get a, a final word from John who's uh, driving right now. Don't get too distracted, dude. <laughs> what did you think about the weekend? It was a great weekend. I echo what you say that, you know, I really enjoyed, as always, seeing new layouts, meeting new people. It was great to get to operate on a second end scale layout that ran very well and was really well done. I'm happy we got to meet up with Paul Deese and operate on his layout on Thursday. And this is the first time I've done four days in a row and my feet are tired and I'm a little sore, but otherwise it was a great time. And I'm glad uh, Mr. TSG himself came because he needed to experience a full uh, ops weekend and see what it's all about. <laughs> Mr. TSG signing off as we start doing 90 miles an hour or something here. <laughs> Dude. <laughs> no, <I'm sorry. laughs>
So I'm doing something today for um, a couple friends that you've seen on the channel before, Trevor and Paul. They have the Fern Creek and Western that they run with their with our other mutual friend Eric over in Santa Cruz, and it's a garden railroad. And I don't know, a couple of weeks ago, or maybe a couple of months ago, Trevor was asking me, "Hey, you know, is there someone that that I know that maybe because they're trying to develop operations for this garden railroad and." He knows that I know a bunch of people that do that stuff. So I'm like, oh yeah, I know some guys. So right now we're sitting outside at Dave Adams' house and he's one of the, probably the best operating guys who loves to go around operating that I know. So these guys had a little consultation with Dave and we're gonna go right now to see Seth Newman, who's also one of the operating guys. As a matter of fact, I just came back yesterday from the op session weekend that we did in Southern California. So. We're going to go talk to Seth now and see what he has to say about their plans. So I'm going to turn the camera on these guys for a second here and see what they think about what what they got picked up from Dave here. Hey, ladies, <laughs> what did you what did you learn from Dave today so far? Well, we learned about different forms of dispatching, which we had had ideas about before. We generally knew what was going on, but didn't know the intricacies of timetable and train order versus track warrants versus smoke signal dispatching versus, you know, you know, it was really nice to actually see some of it in action and see the forms that were associated with it and actually like get to physically hold the paperwork and yeah. see how it works. I think it helped us kind of figure out what we want to do. And the other thing that was very helpful from Dave is that you're not going to have it all in the first try, you know, uh, developing an operating railroad from scratch doesn't all work out the first time and, and I think he we, we we were coming into this a little ambitious maybe a little ambitious and wanting to have everything perfect and have very complicated ways of doing it that are very prototypical and until we have the data uh, and the experience to know exactly how all those work and the intricacies of our railroad I think he set us on a path that was a lot more simple and a lot more doable, doable. to get things going so that we could actually start running op sessions and not be so uh, intimidated by the uh, complexity and time involved with setting it up the first time. Uh, and it was also really nice just to get to see his layout. We used to operate with Dave as youngsters, you know, what? You guys are still youngsters. I know, I know but like really young, really we're like- young. 15 or something. Younger than that, younger like than that. 13. It yeah. was the last year? Yeah, right? Easy, easy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but we got to finally see his last. We operated with him at Jim Vales. Um, right. Uh, and that was where we got all of our experience pretty much operating. So it was really nice to reconnect with Dave and finally get to see his layout after hearing about it for so right. long. I've been telling you guys about this layout for years. I know. And we yeah. have heard about it at Jim's yeah. for years. I mean, we've known about it for 10 years probably yeah. and never got to see it. And it was fantastic. Yeah. 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 Yep. It was absolutely amazing. Or as Dave says, says it's just okay. It's okay. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty good. It's okay. Yeah. So shall we hit the road? We'll see road. what Seth has to say. All right. Yeah. Look, these guys are already learning a lot from Seth. Paul looks especially interested. Anyway, um, you don't have enough video of me withering. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just need more mansplaining for the more podcast. Yeah. One thing I did do is I need a little bit of a visual block. So we took this pellet transfer facility and...
Yeah. With our favorite engine. Oh, he's taking a video. Oh. <laughs> Do you want to talk about what it is, uh, Trevor? This, how is that your favorite engine? This is West Side Number Three, which is now Roaring Camp Number Two. That's our best friend. <laughs> I've spent I don't know how many hours firing this very engine in prototype form. So seeing a model of it is kind of wacky. I've conducted it too many times. Yeah. Yep. It is uh, definitely the most challenging engine I've worked on. It taught me the most of anything. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna use the, the politically correct words here about how I feel about it. But no, it seriously did teach me a lot. Um, it, it, if you can fire this thing, you can fire anything. And you can survive in the cab crew. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I was on this engine one time, and it was 105 degrees outside. It was pretty miserable. Yeah. This was our third stop today. We came to Bob Poli, uh, Bob Poli's West Side Lumber Company Railroad. This is a F scale. That's a narrow gauge. What do you, what do you call it? Narrow gauge G scale, I guess. Oh, F scale. FN3. Gauge. Yeah, FN3. FN3. Yeah, it's F scale. Right. Narrow gauge, three foot gauge, so FN3. Right. Anyway, that's what it is, and it's an indoor layout. I mentioned this once, I think, on a a bit of podcast a while back when I came here just to see it the first time. It's just a remarkable layout. Lots of scratch built stuff, including some locomotives. Yeah, it, Bob's was, are, it was really incredible. Yeah, Bob's a real craftsman. I'll, I'll see if I can get these guys to say something about that. So, Paul, what did you think about what you saw there at uh, Bob's layout? I thought his layout was, you know, absolutely fantastic. I'm a huge West Side Lumber Company fan, of course, because, you know, growing up around Roaring Camp. And I've been hearing about this layout, you know, for almost probably a decade or something through looking in the Narrow Gauge Gazette magazines. And it was just cool to see it in real life and uh, get to see all the details up close. His uh, scratch-built equipment and his chaise um, are just, yeah, it's a work of art. Why don't you talk just for a second? Because you said something that people elsewhere won't know what you meant by that. You said that you're interested in the West Side because of Roaring Camp. How do you make that connection? Well, Roaring Camp Railroads in the Santa Cruz Mountains has uh, a few examples of West Side Lumber Company uh, engines. They have the uh, Sonora 7 Shea, and they have the uh, Heisler, and they also have a little uh, uh, gas mechanical engine in Milwaukee. And uh, those are all pieces from the West Side Lumber Company. So that explains the whole interest in yeah. West Side with yeah, their connection very to Roaring California Camp. logging and you know because that's where we are that's that's our interest yeah what about you Trevor what did you think well kind of like Paul um, I grew up around Roaring Camp but when I was 16 I started working at Roaring Camp and I, I worked around some of the locomotives that were off the west side you know the Heisler and the, the Shea number no. seven and the Milwaukee little uh, diesel mechanical engine I worked on those 
locomotives for six years. Uh, and so getting to see models of those locomotives um, that are done so well. Well, right? that, and, uh, <laughs> I, and I was getting there, it's because I have seen um, models of those engines before uh, in various different scales, but never done to the spec and detail of Bob Pulley's locomotives. I mean, they were dead nuts on for what they would have looked like at Westside. Um, so that was amazing. And there were other West Side engines in there, like the 14 and the 15, which were both Shays that I had seen before. And so just getting to see those locomotives um, done so well, so well researched uh, to their particular eras, um, it was really amazing. And even the railroad itself, you know, all the infrastructure that supported the logging railroad, you know, um, spar trees to load the logs and the log dump and the uh, warehouses and engine house and everything was done to a very very detailed level I mean, no detail was skimped out on i was very impressed by what i saw on june 15th we had a great talking trains live show that was all about garden railroading this was michelle's idea since june was national garden railroad month we talked to Ray Turner, whose garden layout hosts regular operating sessions, something that's pretty unusual for garden railroads. Then in the second hour, our friends from the Fern Creek and Western Garden Railroad in Santa Cruz came on to talk about their experiences building, running, and maintaining their garden railroad. It was particularly relevant because they're in the process of developing an operating scheme for the Fern Creek and Western. In any case, we had a great show, and it's very much worth catching on the replay if you missed it. This week has been really busy. I uh, just got back from the SoCal Ops that you know about now. Went on uh, Monday to do the layout tours, if you want to call it that, with Trevor, Paul, and Lauren. Then uh, Tuesday I was busy with other stuff. Wednesday we had a live show. <laughs> that I just talked about here on the podcast. And now today, uh, Trevor and Paul and Lauren are coming over again because we didn't get to go see Jack Burgess's layout on Monday. So we're going to go do that. And I'll see if I can get some reactions from them because none of those three ever has ever seen the layout before. And it's one that they really want to see. So it should be fun. And it should be fun to get their reactions. So... Let's go have some fun. And he misses the step. Oh. And he puts his hand out like the bridge is going to keep him from falling on the floor and blew it to smithereens. Oh. It was here, he lay on the floor. And he was, he was apologizing. Uh, and the parts that hold up the body. Because I couldn't figure out how I was going to do that. And so um, I got that. And then. Well, we just visited uh, Jack Burgess's Yosemite Valley uh, layout, and it was fantastic. I mean, he's—I've never been there in person, but uh, I, it, his the scenes that he captured look like you know you could basically step into it. <laughs> like I, I'm sure if you held up a photo, it'd look almost identical to uh, what he's modeled. It was just perfect, really. <laughs> I had heard about this layout for years, um, and I was completely blown away. I mean, it was incredible. The detail in the scenes, um, how faithful he was to the prototype, it was just amazing. So, I 
yeah, it, I think when people say it's like the best HO layout out there, certainly in the area, they're right. It was by far like in the top two or three HO layouts I've ever seen. It was incredible. I mean, not even HO, model railroad layouts. I mean, it was amazing. He really did a museum quality job on that thing. So it was well worth the visit. What did you think of the layout? It was also very nice. <laughs> what did you like about it? I don't know. I don't know things about layouts. Did it look neat? It looked really neat. <laughs> well, I'm going to ask you to turn it on me so I can have a comment too. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, no I want to no no know what that meant. I, I want to know, Lauren, what you actually thought about it. Just say something insightful. I'm not the insightful person. Well, say something insightful. What did you think of the layout? Why was it cool? What made it, was it neat? Because cool everything was scrapped oh, built. Boss, get on this, boss. Get on this. See, this is what happens. When Don't hit that guy. Directions. Um, <laughs> it's cool because everything was scratch built and like the attention to detail with like the specific dimensions of everything was insane. Like cars, buildings, everything was scratch built. So you thought that was cool? Yeah. Okay. So I've been coming to this layout for a while because of the series that we do. But one of the things, and you might have heard me say this on one of our live shows that I do with Michelle usually, that in many cases, you'll have a layout that's so true to the prototype that you can put your finger down on the layout and say, I've stood here and I've been here or I filmed from here or I took a picture from here, whatever it is. And that gives you what I call a buy-in, right, to the layout. But Jax does that, but in the other direction. I've seen his layout enough times and know it well enough that the layout makes me want to go to the place, right? So that I can say, oh, this is the spot on the layout. So it's kind of a, it's kind of the same thing, but in the other direction. And I don't know, I don't really know any other layouts, at least that I've seen, that made me feel that way. So his buy-in, I think, is even stronger than the ones that have places that you've been and stood. And so, I mean, I just imagine if I did know, or if I had been to the places, and I have been to some of the places, but it was so long ago, I don't remember. But his layout makes me really want to go there and see, because I can imagine, you know, going to Bagby or one of those places. And I've seen signs for Bagby on the way up to Mariposa and thought, oh, I should go there and see what it is. But I just imagine what it would be like to stand there and go, oh, this is this is where that gas station is, or this is where that hotel was, or, or that kind of thing. So it's really cool to know, I'm trying to think of how to say it. It's really cool to have this layout close enough to go to and experience it. Because what Trevor said about it being museum quality, it belongs in a museum. Hey, we're doing something today. So my friend Dave Adams took me to meet Bob Brown uh, sometime recently. I don't remember if it was this month or last month, but it was pretty recent. And I've known who Bob Brown is for a, a long time as the uh, editor of the Narrow Gauge and Short Line Gazette. So it was really cool to meet him. And I think Dave's been trying to hook us up for a while to do you know some videos together some layout especially a layout tour because this layout is really really good so today we're going to do that layout tour and it should be really fun because 
a lot of the scenes on this layout people will recognize from the magazine, from the Gazette. So should be great. And maybe we'll do an update there. I don't really know. We're going to be kind of busy recording, but we'll see. Hi, so we just finished recording with uh, Bob Brown. And thank you, Dave, for setting this whole thing up. Uh, it's a really interesting layout, and I think it's going to make a great video. What made you think, Dave, that this was so important to do? Well, the, the reason it's important to do is because Bob is probably the guy that single-handedly has made narrow-gauge modeling in the United States viable. I mean, it was the starting of his Fine Lines magazine, and he tells part of that story, uh, and hopefully it'll be in the video. But otherwise, he's been an inspiration to every every one of us in, in the United States in narrow-gauge modeling for literally decades, better than 50 years at least at this point. And also, he's the subscribers all over the world, so it's uh, right. something there. And, and uh, Bob is also one heck of a nice guy and an absolutely fantastic modeler. So right. this was certainly worth doing. Right, which people are going to see during the layout tour that eventually comes out. Let's hear about the short person on the far end there who well, saw everything. Complete, I, I didn't know too much about Bob, just knew about uh, the magazine work that he had done. But wow, what a treat to see his layout with such attention to detail and... Um, just attention to detail. <laughs> attention I to love detail his and attention to detail. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, that's a wrap for today. Over and out. Hello. We did something today. We went to Alameda, California to do a layout tour video of a layout that's owned by a guy named Wayne Floyd. I first was introduced to Wayne a couple of years ago by my friend Dave Connery, and then more recently, uh, another friend, Phil Edholm, suggested that I get in touch with Wayne to do a layout tour of his layout. And Wayne has a cool layout. It's in a purpose-built building or extension to his garage. And it's kind of a loop-to-loop -loop sort of setup that's for continuous running. But he's also in the process of trying to come up with some kind of an operations scheme that he can use there because I guess he's getting into operations and people that he knows are getting into operations, which I completely understand as someone who's very much into operations myself. But it was a cool layout and I'm looking forward to getting it edited and bringing it to the channel because I do think it will provide some inspiration and some ideas for people that maybe hadn't thought of some of the things that Wayne has done. Anyway, it was a great time, and thank you very much, Wayne, for sharing your layout with us today, and we'll be sharing it with the rest of the world soon. So as you can see, June was a very busy month. That brings us now to the catch of the month. Steve Sweat sends in these photos from Galesburg Railroad Days that happened from June 23rd through the 26th in Galesburg, Illinois. Steve says... Remember, he's a college professor and not a photographer, but these shots look just fine to me. Thanks for sharing, Steve. Logan Thurman sends in these photos of a customer project he's working on. It's a Denver and Rio Grande, ex-Denver and Salt Lake, 
2660 locomotive being repaired and upgraded to have DCC and sound. Thanks for sharing, Logan. TSG train crew member Bryce Reynolds got these great shots of some of the signals on the former Southern Pacific, now Union Pacific, coastline right next to Santa Margarita Ranch in Santa Margarita, California. The searchlights have been slowly getting replaced on old rights-of-way, and it makes sense because the lights they're being replaced with have three separate lenses which gives railroaders a second way to read the lights, that is, by position. If you have ever wanted to see a working searchlight, there's one preserved at the South Bay Historical Railroad Society at the Santa Clara Depot in Santa Clara, California. If you have a catch of the month you'd like to share, please send it to podcast at tsgmultimedia.com. Be sure you own the shots and include the what's, when's, and where's of the shots you send in. And now for this month's program schedule. On July 8th, we have a product spotlight. On July 9th, it's the Western Railway Museum. On July 15th, we have another product spotlight for you. On the 16th, it's Chasing Trains when we go to Reedley Rail Fest. On July 20th at 4 p.m. Pacific Time, it's TSG Live Talking Trains with me and Michelle. On the 22nd, we have another product spotlight. Then on the 23rd, it's the next episode of Wiley's Wanderings. This one covers SoCal Ops from this year. On July 29th, we have another product spotlight. And then on July 30th, it's steam trains on the Coombers and Toltec. By the time this podcast is published, I will have also been to the Great Western Steam Up in Carson City, Nevada. This is happening right now, and it goes on through Monday, July 4th. And speaking of July 4th, Happy Independence Day to you and yours. We're hosting Alvin and Michelle this month, so expect to hear about some of those adventures next month as well as more events that will be covered for future programs. Now, before I go, I'd like to remind you that you're always invited to join the TSG train crew on Patreon. It's as cheap as two bucks a month, and it gets you sneak peeks of upcoming features without any ads. It's at patreon.com slash TSG Multimedia. So that's it for this time, and I'll see you next time. <laughs>